God's waiting there all the time and God's not going to give you that ticket on the guilt trip. You don't have to buy that ticket. God just wants to connect with you. And side note too, God's reaching out to you all the time. And how are you going to respond to him? God always makes the first move. That's a great point. That's a good point. I want to talk a little bit though about what prayer is. You may be one choice away from a thriving marriage. Welcome to the Operation Thriving Marriage Podcast with Brian and Jennifer Hartman. All right, so welcome back to the Operation Thriving Marriage Podcast. Uh, we're here, Brian and Jennifer Harvey. Hey, everybody. So uh, today we're talking about prayer and, of course, you know, child of the 80s and Uh-oh, 90s. here we go again. Because we, we do have to pray just to make it today, Mr. MC Hammer. Hammer, don't hurt him. Nope, Hammer's not going to hurt him there. So prayer is is just a very important part of Christian life. We've been asked a lot of questions about this at uh, conferences and uh, messaging and just different variations on the question about prayer in uh, marriage. Yeah, it's interesting because one of the basic maxims of Jen and I when it comes to marriage we hear a lot, it's like, oh, I just want to learn to be a good Christian spouse. I want to be a good Christian husband. I want to be a good Christian wife. Well, all those things have something in common. If you want to be a good Christian husband, good Christian wife, good Christian spouse, it means being a good Christian. Mm-hmm. The, the Bible and following Jesus, Jesus is the same before you got married. While you're married it's still the same Jesus. Following Jesus is still the same. You just have a new relationship in which to experience Jesus. But prayer as a couple, as a family, is one of the ways we connect with God. It's one of the ways we teach our children, if we have them, how to connect with God. And it's something that needs to happen both together and individually. And so we wanted to share with you some of our thoughts and some of our ideas about it. But first, we want to kind of talk about, there's a lot of guilt we found or when talking to people about prayer, um, particularly when I was on staff at churches and I'd have people come up to me and talk to me, people would hear messages on prayer. They'd read how much Jesus prayed. They'd see all this and they'd feel like, oh my gosh, I feel so guilty because I'm not praying enough. I don't think I'm praying the right way. I don't know how to pray. And all this guilt builds up and it creates this negative feeling and it creates this really negative experience of God because of these feelings they have about prayer. And it can really create a, a barrier to prayer. It can create a barrier to God, this guilt uh, seeping in there. And there can be all kinds of problems with that. So uh, we, we want you to, to dump the guilt and really be refreshing and restoring your mind just as to what prayer is and coming alongside you to grow in prayer as an individual, help you grow in prayer as a couple. Don't compare your prayer life. We talk about this in marriage. Don't compare your marriage to other people's marriage. Don't compare your prayer life to what you read in a book or what you heard on a podcast or something like that. This is your relationship with God. And we're going to later kind of share our patterns of prayer, not because we want to create more guilt in you or this is how you should pray. 
want you to know this is where we've gotten to today. And our prayer lives now, both as a couple and individually, are very different from when we first got married. Mm-hmm. Even And they should be, I think. Yeah, even different from three or four years ago. We don't want you to feel guilty. God doesn't want you to feel guilty. God loves you, and God wants to connect with you. God doesn't want you to shy away from him. This is not like some people will feel guilty about not calling their parents, and so then they won't call their parents because they don't want to get an earful from mom or dad about why I have, why has it taken you so long to call me. God's waiting there all the time, and God's not going to give you that ticket on the guilt trip. You don't have to buy that ticket. God just wants to connect with you. And side note, too, God's reaching out to you all the time, and how are you going to respond to him? God always makes the first move. That's a great point. That's a good point. I want to talk a little bit, though, about what prayer is, because I think sometimes in churches, well-meaning leaders, well-meaning people have tried to simplify prayer, and that's led to some really weird, bad ideas about prayer. Not that prayer is has to be complex, but there's some ideas about prayer that I want to just make sure we tweak that a little bit. And first of all, prayer is more than just talking to God. Oh, so true. Absolutely. Um, we had talked recently um, in, in a class that we're taking at our church right now, um, the the gentleman who was teaching it, you know, seminary degree and, and that kind of thing and, you know, smart guy, but he was just like, oh my gosh, I really like this acts method for prayer. And he's absolutely right about that. It's uh, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication, confessing need to God and, and bringing your needs before God. That's a nice model, but that's just a one-way street. Absolutely. And I think that's a good way to start prayer and start the communication towards God, but it's more than just communicating towards God. Prayer is also listening to God. Yes, drop the mic. Thank you. And so that for you as you're new to prayer, you're struggling with prayer, that can be so hard because how do I know that's God speaking to me? How do I know that that's just a bad pepperoni I got from the pizza last night? You know, you get these thoughts in your head It comes from being in community with other Christians. It comes from reading scripture. God is never going to contradict himself. So if that thought that you're getting from prayer is not consistent with the God of scripture, that's not God. Mm -hmm. But prayer is being there listening to God and that sometimes in silence, but that can also sometimes be praying scripture. Um, One of the things... Jen's going to make fun of me again, my man crush on N.T. Wright. He would probably be horribly embarrassed to hear whoop, those whoop. words towards him, but he's such a— He's intel- Anglican. He can handle he it. He can handle it. Very intelligent theologian, and he said in a podcast that I, I listened to, he was talking about reading through the Psalms and like read five Psalms a day. Well, praying Scripture, praying the Psalms— one of the things that does is helps you listen to God because that's God's word to you as well. So as you're communicating these prayers, you're also listening to what God has said. So praying through scripture is one of the ways you can listen to God as part of prayer. But prayer is also sitting before God in worship. Prayer is acknowledging, what worship is, is acknowledging who God is and who we are and sitting and making sure our priorities and views are correct. Acknowledging God is the great God, high and enthroned in heaven. Acknowledging that, but also worshiping 
that is the God that sent Jesus to die for you. Jesus rose from the dead and is in the throne room advocating on your behalf so you can boldly go before him according to the book of Hebrews. That's worship. It's acknowledging God. It's coming before God as his beloved child. God has adopted you into his family. And part of prayer is being in God's presence and acknowledging who God is, who you are, and how he's invited you into his family. And I think that with that, it's having that that kind of an understanding of change that God can make. Because we've talked about this before, where sometimes, you know, people will say, well, I don't agree with this thing in the Bible. And it's like, my friend, you know, if you're submitted to Christ as Lord and Savior, you can't just cherry pick what you like and what you don't like. It's yep. more like what needs to be shifted in you or it, it's, I might not understand why things are the way right. that they are and why God decrees things as they are, but that means that I still have to trust and obey God in these different situations. So I, I think taking that time to to just understand, you know, God, God you're God. It, in a church sermon that we, we had at our church yesterday, the uh, pastor was talking about students responding to the Beatitudes that that were just reading this, and I, I think more of a secular class, and it's like, well, you know, I didn't understand that, or that's dumb, or that's antiquated, and it's like, that that's just not how that works, because God and his words will stand forever, and that's something that I loved writing Operation Thriving Marriage in 100 years when our book is forgotten the words in the book will stand so far as they quoted and applied scripture properly. Yeah. Operation Thriving Marriage won't sell any more copies, but the Bible will still be selling sure copies. Sure will. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And so just being changed and learning to be changed by God, that's something else that prayer happens. Jen and I, we both have our own patterns of prayer that we pray individually. And then also we pray as a family. We'd like to share with you our patterns of prayer, not because we think that we have arrived as prayers. Oh my goodness, so um, far from it, friends. But we hope that these ideas will give you some ideas and inspire you if you're struggling with your own prayer life, maybe taking some of what Jen does, something what I do, some of what we do as a family, maybe that will help you take your prayer to the next level. So sweetheart, why don't you just share with the listeners, what's your pattern of prayer? How do you pray throughout the day? For me, when I wake up in the morning, I uh, get a coffee and I get breakfast. I sit in a recliner all by myself and nobody's up and around yet. That's that's some of my uh, silence with God. So uh, that's that's a time where I'll be doing devotional and, and scripture reading prayer in the morning, praying for what's going to happen during the day, um, that, that uh, God is going to give us uh, this day our daily bread, make sure that he's taking care of all of our needs and, you know, trying to uh, make sure that I'm focusing on stopping uh, making myself the CEO of the universe because that's not my job, that's his, and making sure that I'm focused on what he might be calling me to to do. I, I find that a lot of times you'll you'll see Jesus in scripture and he's going to do something and then he's interrupted. So I have to be ready in my schedule for doing what I need to do and fulfilling commitments and obligations, but also being ready for those interruptions and in responding to those interruptions in appropriate ways and uh, praying for Brian and, and his day and uh, his spiritual growth and uh, his protection 
then same thing for our kids. Uh, but I never want it to be God bless us for and no more, right? It's like we're right. praying for friends. We're praying for family members. On different days, uh, we're praying for uh, church leadership. I'm praying for clients of mine. And uh, of course, we have people through Operation Thriving Marriage or friends of ours who are, will message or text in, and, and we'd like to be praying them and helping them along uh, with situations uh, that people are experiencing in their lives. Again, I'm doing this first thing in the morning. I was kind of teasing my friend Lisa the other day and just just saying, okay, I'm praying to God first thing in the morning. And that's probably bad because, you know, I'm probably not at my best, a little groggy, maybe a little crabby first thing in the morning, but at least I'm taking my coffee. And she says, you know, Jen, it's fine. Jesus can handle it. It's all good. And I do think it is a good way to uh, start the day there. And then I think throughout the day, again, just hearing things in the news and you don't necessarily have to, or again, getting a text from a friend and so on, you don't necessarily have to stop everything where you are and then just go a half hour into prayer. Sometimes it's it's something where it's just like, God, please be with this individual. I've even had client meetings where, you know, in my head, I just kind of do an aside. It's like, wow, this God, this client's going through a lot because someone yeah. that they love passed away. You know, please bring them healing and comfort. And what can you do through me right now to to help give them that? And and connect that reminds them with me others. of Nehemiah's prayer when he was like, okay, he prayed to God and then went to before the king. So kind of those just quick prayers. Like oh my Nehemiah goodness, did. yes, yeah. I think that those are the, are are very very quick, and it's yeah. just you gotta you know kind of kind of keep going. And of course, sometimes you know when when you're praying, it's it's not. The posture uh, of prayer that you might see in artwork or otherwise, where you've got uh, your head down and your eyes closed and your hands folded or your hands together, because you know sometimes that that's just not as practical to go into more of that maybe meditative uh, state uh, uh, upon God. Sometimes it's just like the the, the quick kind of shout out needs some extra help here. But I think that those are part of that praying without ceasing as well. Yeah, those are are good patterns. We also pray as a family, not just at meal time, but uh, also in the evening. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But Brian, could you uh, share with us a little bit uh, some some of your habits of prayer? For me, I find I need regular routine. And when I have the regular routine, then it allows for the other more spontaneous prayer like you were just describing. So for me, I pray first thing in the morning and there's something called the daily office. If you're not familiar with it, you can look it up online, but it's a, an ancient pattern of prayer. Um, and so there's an app called the daily office. It's from the Anglican church in North America. I don't do the full daily office. That's three different prayers a morning, a midday and an evening, but I do the morning office every day. And there's specific prayers that I pray every day. There's a prayer of confession. There's uh, several Psalms that I pray throughout that. And all these different th these different prayers, I recite um, the Apostles Creed as part of that, just reminding myself of what I believe and who Jesus is and who God is and things like that. And then there's another Anglican um, app called Daily Prayer. And so the Daily Office, I like that format for the regular prayers, but then I'll switch over towards the middle. There's a, port, a portion of that where it's kind of, okay, now you offer your own prayers. And I switch over to the Daily Prayer because it gives me advice on what I should be praying each day. And every day it's pray for the tasks of the day pray for the world and pray for the church. And so those things, and then it will offer things, different things for each day. Um, some days 
it's praying for government. And so you're praying for military, you're praying for government leaders, things like that. Some days it's praying for healthcare workers. Some days it's praying for people who are in social service and non-governmental organizations, aid workers around the world. So it gives me different things to pray for each day. And that really helps organize my thoughts when I read the news and hear these news stories of different things that are going on. I can pray for the people involved in those situations and are going to be connected with that. So that's something that I pray every morning. And included in that also is my scripture reading for the day, because through the daily office, you'll read through the entire New Testament every year, and you'll read through the Old Testament once every two years. I find when I'm consistent with that, and I'm not perfect, I, I miss days, Um, But when I am consistent with that, I find I'm more prayerful throughout the day. And then in the evening, after we lay down, I say goodnight to Jen, um, roll over. I recite some scripture to myself to prepare me for the next day. And one is um, Scott McKnight introduced this in his book, The Jesus Creed. It's Mark 12, 29 through 31. I'll recite that. That's the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. I recite that at night. I recite the Lord's Prayer every night before I go to sleep. I recite the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And I recite the last two verses of the Bible, Revelation 20, 20 through 21, which reminds me that Jesus has promised that he's coming again. Mm -hmm. And that is the last thing I do every night before I fall asleep to prepare myself for the next day. And I guess in some ways self-soothe and comfort myself as I'm falling asleep, knowing, hey, God's there and trying to kind of close out my day with connecting with God's truth. That's my pattern of prayer. And then as a family, we pray together with our children every night. And I think that's a a really cool thing to be able to do and set up those kinds of uh, habits. And we started off doing this, of course, when the kids were smaller. And what I think is pretty cool about it is uh, we started that off where it's like, okay, you you get your milk and cookie because we just bake cookies. So I think it sets it up to be a pleasant, positive experience with that kind of dessert And for us with the kids, we want them to continue to develop these spirit and and heart of gratitude. So asking our kids, you know, what what happened today that that you're grateful for? And some of this is Ignis of uh, Loyola uh, was the credited founder of the Jesuits. So we talk about the examine prayer and you can look that up again, the the examine prayer. So that's a, a bit of that just kind of reviewing through the day to an extent and the idea of, okay, where were you seeing God work? So what are you thankful for? You know, what is something that you want to ask God for? And what I like about that is sometimes we, in praying together as a family, hear something that is on our kids' hearts that they might not have mentioned to us, but they do mention that in praying with us. And then we're able to follow up with them um, and and see how we can come alongside them and be supportive or be helpful. And yes, your kids will will give you prayers for video gaming systems and things, but you know, it's it, it's an interesting thing as to how you can talk through some of that. Well, one of the things I love about that too, because when we were trying to do this for a while, I was trying to force what works well for me in more of that organized, structured prayer. So I was trying to do the evening prayer in the daily office. And it was actually our daughter who came and said, hey, this thing isn't working. Mm -hmm. And so she said, hey, can we 
pray again, just what we're thank can we thank God for something and then can we ask God and we go around together with that. And that was really helpful. Something else that was helpful is as dad, I lead our prayer time at night mm-hmm. um, when I'm home. And then obviously Jen le- leads it when I'm traveling. But I was structuring it, I'd or- organized it where we had our youngest pray first, and then we basically went from youngest to oldest in the family. Mm-hmm. It was interesting because sometimes our youngest, his prayers were, he would take him, come back to me, or they'd be more superficial and things. Well, it occurred to me that I had not set our children up well to succeed in modeling prayer because I was asking them to go first. And we changed that around. So now Jen prays first in the family and as the adult modeling that, and then we go around and then I close us in prayer to help the children. Because I was like, well, they're, they're hearing us pray, but it's the last time they heard us pray together was the night before other than our meal times. So now they're getting that in the moment and that's helping. And I think that both our children are more thoughtful in their prayers, getting that model. And then we do close as a family because I do like praying these regular prayers because I find them helping form me and helping form our family in that whole idea of being changed by God. We do close our prayer time by saying the Lord's Prayer together as a family as well. And I find that very grounding for our family. And even sometimes if the family has been a little bit testy, it's it's been not a great day, at the end of our prayer time and reciting the Lord's Prayer together, there there's a little bit of God does something in us, I sure. think, in those times that may be a little more stressful that helps us out. Most people and most couples want to pray. Sometimes we just don't really know how. As a matter of fact, the apostles asked Jesus, you know, how do we pray? Right, right. And just such an important thing because they just saw how effective uh, his prayers had been. And they want wanted that uh, relationship with God and that understanding and, and ability to best communicate. And I think couples see the command in scripture, but they're just unsure of what to do, how to do that. And, you know, Brian and I certainly don't think we've cracked this code and there there is no code. It's communication no. with our loving father. Um, we have tried a lot of different things and we're, we're happy to share with you what is working for us right now. I'm sure that'll be revamped uh, time and time again as as we're all growing together and individually in, in the Lord. But we hope we can, you can use what we do to inspire you to the next level in your prayer life, uh, whatever that's going to be. But two things that are very important for you to remember is start praying, don't stop. No, do not close your eyes and fold your hands and put your head down when you're driving, right? But, you know, some shout outs here and there I think are pretty great. And keep in mind, too, if you miss a day or a time, don't beat yourself up. God's not a God of guilt. He's not going to give you a hard time about it. Just, you know, keep at it. Jump in when you, you go to bed at night, when you wake up the next day start over, no worries. Keep in mind that our Father in Heaven is loving, He is faithful, He will be there with you whenever you schedule uh, to meet with Him or whether you're meeting with Him at some of these uh, one-off times. Uh, Thanks for joining us for this uh, episode of our podcast, Operation Thriving Marriage, and we'll look forward to being with you again soon. God bless you all. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review for us. Thank you.
Jen and I started Operation Thriving Marriage to help couples and churches take marriages from merely surviving to thriving. We've got our book, we've got a blog and resources for our coaching ministry, and you can bring us out for an Operation Thriving Marriage experience. For more information, go to OperationThrivingMarriage.com. That's OperationThrivingMarriage.com.